What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 72. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the last son of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. Might be even going underwater, so. How much time they got? I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> you got out. Fuck them. <laughs> How you doing, Colin? Uh, I'm fine. How are you? Good. Axiom Vert shirt. Looking mm. on point today. Thanks. No problem. What have you been playing? Tales of Berseria. Still. Are you, now you have nothing distracting you. You're solely focused on it. Yeah, I'm 31 and hours, 31 hours and change into the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's great. Um, yeah, it's a little repetitive, but all these games are. Story's interesting. Nothing new to really report. Yeah, same from, thing. The same old, same old thing <clears throat> from the uh, Gamescast and PSI Love You last week. Gotcha. Uh, but I enjoy it. I think it's. I think it's got its own problems. But I, I, I'm quite. You gonna uh, see it all the way through? Yeah, I, I think so. You've come I mean, this far, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine I'm more than 15 hours away from the end. So gotcha. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's a good game. JRPG fans, Tales fans, obviously a lot to like there. It's not for anyone else. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch it if you don't like role playing games. Word. Um, yeah, that's basically basically it. Gotcha. What are you playing? Thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm not interviewing you. We're talking to each other. I know, but you could have just said I'm playing. I know, but I like it when you're engaged. Otherwise, it's just me talking at you and you talking at me. We need to. We, now, what's with the water bottle? <coughs> a very nice child, someone who listens to one of these shows, sent you a new bottle. You're still using this thing, and it already dripped on you. Give up on this PlayStation water bottle, Colin. I won't. I won't do it. I can't do it. You can't I'm turn sorry. your back on it. <clears throat> I still, whenever this one gets lost or broken, I still got mine ready to go for you. In the archives, ready, ready to break out. Never used, still in the bag. Thank Just you. Waiting there for Appreciate whenever that. you give up the ghost on this one. Appreciate that. Uh, platinum the division. Oh, congratulations! Kept playing. Yeah, I fell down that division rabbit hole as people know last time. Got I got out of survival pretty quick and started doing the rest of the world stuff and building up my gear score. And man, what a it's night and day how that game has changed from when we played it. You know, initially in terms of the reward structure, in terms of technical problems, same old thing. Why can't I see my friends online? I know they're there. What the fuck's going on? How is this still happening? Probably another one where we just have too many friends, and that's the problem. Um, but in terms of being rewarding, because that's always been the problem with me and like DC Universe Online or any of these games you have to get into, right? The hours you have to spend to get the best gear, to get equipped, to actually do the new content always seems so daunting that it just scares you off. Whereas with this one, you know, I mean, I, what, I put a hard week in of playing it and, you know, doing uh, long days on the weekend, but getting together with our, our friends. Shout out to Rob from Naughty Dog for playing with me. Shout out to Unsexiest Comedian, one of the best friends out there, Cameron, for playing with me as well. Uh, just running around, either doing the missions I needed to do for the trophies, uh, r- roaming the open world and finding bosses. They drop good loot and you get going. And it's back to what we were talking about, I think, on the games cast last time, or maybe PS I Love You, in terms of how you always say, you know, there are there can only be so many of these games, <clears throat> but the ebbs and the flows, where I jumped in, went really hard at it. If I want to keep playing survival, I could and do it with Fran. And from here on out, maybe I will, maybe I won't. But I'm, my character's back to a top level, top tier, and now I can leave it and come back to it like i can go play other stuff now not feel like i'm ignoring the division and that's gonna bite me in the ass when the next big update comes or whatever 1.6 is supposed to be coming soon uh so i really like it a lot of people have been asking all week while i was playing it if they should get back into it if you like the division i totally think you should um it's way easier to get the gear it's way easy to get in there and just play by yourself and feel like you're making progress and you get obviously it's best when you get together with other people and then last night colin went to tim gettys you've heard of this kid Once went over to his house uh now this was the problem of course is that I had already done all the missions. I had gotten the platinum down to one tr- one trophy I needed for a division, and it was uh, use your special move or your special thing where you hit L one and R one at the same time and use your power move or whatever. I did not ever really use this. I don't think when we were when I was originally playing the game, so I knew I had my work cut out for me. 
And this thing takes about 10 minutes to recharge. I saw I saw conflicting reports online that if I got in there and shot people, it would recharge faster. Need to use it 100 times. So as soon as I jumped back in this past week with Fran and stuff, I'd been starting to work on that one. I was not, you know, as much as I can, I'd still forget about it. Oh, fuck, I should have done So we get Friday night, go through. Saturday, we play a bunch. And Saturday night, I get it down to the one trophy. And I'm like, fuck. So I just kept running other missions with friends and hitting a one r one I'm like, fuck, it's still not happening, though. So then I woke up sat- Sunday. Didn't need, I played a little bit. We jumped into this underground mode they've added or whatever. It's it's nice enough. I'm, it's not enough for me to come back, but I'm glad there's more content. Uh, doing the you know R1L1, and then what I was like is, well, I, I got to clean up the house. I got to do some other stuff. So what I did is I just walked out of the safe house, left it there, put a timer on my phone. Every 10 minutes, walk over there and hit L1 R1. Did that for a few hours while I cleaned up the kitchen. Cleaned up. And by the way, we got a new new group of ants. I know they come in from a different place. <clears throat> I've just given up. I've waged war. I, I went and bought a whole bunch of tarot traps. I have them out there. Let me tell you, these fuckers walking around like they drink a paint can. They was all stumped. Like they were all organized in the beginning, and then they're just everywhere, just like because they're just drunk off it and they can't feel like dying. But you know what I mean. I think I got them. I think I got them on the road. That's great. That's fantastic. Uh, kept over hitting the button. Blah blah blah. And so then it was like, all right, still haven't popped this fucking trophy. Go into Tim's house to watch the Royal Rumble. I know what I'll do. Bring the Vita remote play it there because it's the same thing right i can still watch the rumble i can talk to people i can eat the pizza the wings drink the beer i do that five o'clock i think it's 506 is the official time call a death in this trophy pop damn there it was why well, pop on the back of the you know vita for the touchpad and i was like yes platinum achieved awesome finish the rumble go home sit down on the couch i'm like what do i want to play now i got to i'm going to australia on tuesday night you know what this I mean? This is quite the fucking adventure you're bringing me I, on here. I spin you a yarn. I spin you a yarn. Oof. Do I not? All right, yeah. Keep Do going. people just want the facts? They want to jump to the conclusion here? The they want to go to the last page? podcasting. Here we go. <laughs> Next. <laughs> people like it. Uh, Flip the page. Get home. Want to play something. It's 8 o'clock. I'm like, well, what do I want to play? And I'm like, well, nothing's speaking to me right now. Not to mention, I don't want to start something and then go to Australia on, you know, I, I got to start thinking about Vita games for Australia. Dang and Romp already on the list. We talked about that. That spider game that I downloaded a long time ago and never did anything for. I got, I got my plane ride p- planned. So what can I do tonight, maybe tomorrow night? You know, you know what I, I remembered? It's time to fall off the wagon. I decided a trophy whore, which I haven't done in a long time. Bought Coffin Dodgers. You remember this title? It's a kart racing game where death's Vaguely. chasing all the... Yeah, remember they, yeah. they pre- pre- did it, I think at PSX they showed a trailer for it or whatever. Uh, put on two different... Po- put on two podcasts. Guys, we fucked. Listen to two episodes of that. Platinum Trophy. There you go. From a kart racer. Not a great kart Man, racer. You love these cheap platinum trophies, run. huh? Yeah, you know what I, But it's like, well, I just want to chip away you at something. Them. What am I going to do? You know the accomplishment you feel when you're just like, all right, knock this out. I guess. I mean, I'm, I, that would be a game I would add that wasn't even on my backlog in order. I'm not getting, I'm not doing, I don't, I don't play that game anymore. I know you don't. No, I'm not. This isn't me so trying I can't, to and I, and I don't respect the game anymore. You know, I don't respect the game Sure. Anymore. No, I know that too. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's your, I mean, so I'm not going to tell you you can't do it. You can't. You well, I know you're not going to tell me what I can't do. Complete waste of time, but I'm, but, I'm, but I'm happy that you, my argument I'm happy was I didn't feel like watching Nashville. I didn't <laughs> feel like watching the couple flashes I have banked and I can put those on the plane as well. So what am I going to do? Watch some shitty movie, watch another documentary I don't care about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, what am I, book, go what am I going to do? Write to your congressman. You know what I'll do? I'll do it. Well, no, I already, I, that was part of my cleaning thing. It was Nancy Pelosi. Through, reading through all, well, I don't even need to talk to her, but going through and reading everything. Well, I, I had quite the adventure on Sunday with all this protests and all these things going on educating myself trying to figure out what the fuck's happening like joint chiefs of staff i've heard a lot about them let's go read about them all right cool now i'm caught up to speed on what these guys are because it's always they talk about you know the, now. the joint the joint chiefs getting yeah. wiped out in every horror movie and every fucking post-apocalyptic movie right I so what did you learn about the joint chiefs probably shouldn't have thrown them out of that meeting <laughs> probably should have kept them around ladies and gentlemen this 
is PSI Love You XOXO. It is KindOfFunny.com's PlayStation Podcast. It is the number one PlayStation Podcast on the internet because of your support. And it posts every Tuesday, rain or shine, at 9 a.m. Pacific time on YouTube.com slash KindOfFunnyGames and podcast services around the globe. So please subscribe to all of our different shows at KindOfFunny.com. Rate and share them on the iTunes and whatnots and give out the links to your mom and grop. Let them know. This is where you got to go. Colin, two pieces of housekeeping before we jump into the show proper. What happened? You, when you do this, something bad happened. What happened? Breaking news? Brooklyn's Barclays Center is dumping the Islanders. This is breaking news. All right. I've ever heard it. We After two lie. years and countless complaints, Brooklyn's Wait, where, Barclays Center has concluded it is no longer worth it to host the New York Islanders. <clears throat> the arena, which is already home to the NBA's Nets and one of the world's top grossing concert venues, would make more money without the National Hockey League team, according to people familiar with the facility's financials. Russian billionaire Mikhail Prokhorov, who owns the building and the Nets, has since November been seeking an investor to take a stake in both. As of earlier this month, a financial projection shared with potential investors showed the Islanders won't contribute any revenue after the 2018-19 season, a signal the team won't play there, the people said. They're going back to Nassau Coliseum. I hope so. My, my, my theory is that that's, that's possible uh, because the new owners want to bring them back to Long Island. But the... Uh, the Wilbombs who own the Mets offered money and land in Queens to build an arena. This is Mike Wilbon. Mike Wilbon, exactly. Yeah. No, no, like the, no, like the, no, like the family that lost all their money to Bertie Madoff, but still somehow ah, own the Mets. Okay. <laughs> anyway. How do you feel about all this then? You knew this was coming, but here it seems like the first official confirmation. What the fuck? I'm sorry. You what? are the last son of Long Island. This hits you harder than anybody else. I just don't understand what what, what are they going to do. Well, it doesn't matter. Whatever. They go to Nassau. <sighs> Two pieces of housekeeping, ladies and gentlemen, before we jump into the show. Remember that this weekend, Tim and I are in Sydney. That's right, Australia. So if you're there, go to RTX. Uh, I have a Kojima interview on Saturday, the 4th, and then there's a Kind of Funny panel on Sunday, the 5th. Then remember, of course, if you are in Boston or going to PAX East, <coughs> Kind of Funny has a panel Friday, the 10th of March at 8.30 p.m. Colin. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be Roper's Report. <laughs> Time for some singular possessive news. I'm trying to look for information on the Islanders here. An Islanders Baker's Dozen. There are seven items on the list. Number one, Square Enix and Marvel have announced a major collaboration, a multi-game partnership in quotes, between the prolific video game publisher and developer and the storied comic book company. The partnership will begin with an Avengers-themed video game under co-development at Crystal Dynamics in Eidos, Montreal, with a release plan in 2018. The description for the brief reveal trailer on YouTube reads, quote, The Avengers project is being designed for gamers worldwide and will be packed with all the characters, environments, and iconic moments that have thrilled longtime fans of the franchise. Featuring a completely original story, it will introduce a universe gamers can play in four years to come. Ooh. End quote. So that's all we know. Uh, most interesting thing about that, obviously, is that Marvel continues to go around and find good talent as opposed to f- signing uh, kind of a blank check document like they did with Activision uh, back yes. in the day uh, with you know the Spider-Man games and all this. And that speaks to I'm a bad gamer 2257 who wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can. It says, hello, Greg and Colin. I know, like myself, tons of people are excited for Sony's Spider-Man exclusive. With Square Enix and Marvel reaching a multi-game deal, do you think this finally opens up the wide world of comic books to video the video game industry? I know the obvious answer is yes, but more in depth, will this be a new wave of video games? We've had comic book games before that have always been the best haven't always been the best, and now we have a real opportunity at a vast universe. The movie industry has already found amazing success in the topic. Can a video game can the video game industry be as successful? 
Brian. It remains to be seen, but I, I definitely think so. I think that this is, again, the way Marvel, I don't want to say fixed but capitalized on movies it seems like they're doing the same thing with games it seems like they're taking and it's what i've been saying since their announcement that they were partnering with telltale since that announcement that they're going over here now and doing the right thing uh you know bill over there is in charge of it he's got such a great head on his shoulders and he's got a vision for this which is so fucking important in the way like what you're talking about is that yeah before Disney and all that, Marvel had this standing agreement with Activision where they just shit out fucking bad games. And like in the beginning, they start all right, and then they just went down the shitter. You see it here. Let's get take, and this is what I've been saying forever now. Let's take our AAA properties and team them up with AAA developers and see what happens. So let's give Spider-Man to Insomniac. Yeah, let's make it a PlayStation exclusive. You have one console to worry about. Let's take the Avengers and give it to Square Enix. See what they're going to do. Crystal Dynamics teaming up with IDOS Montreal and doing something in there. Uh, there's a rumor today... Uh, if you don't mind, can you? Did you see this? The uh, Jason Schreier confirmed that he had heard this from a source too, but he didn't. He didn't break it about the fact that uh, Idos Montreal uh, also working on a Guardians game, even though there's the Telltale Guardians mm. game as well. Um, it's all super exciting because it is Marvel sitting there and going, or Disney, I would assume to some extent, sitting there and going. We have all these awesome things. We know that there's people out there who want to play all these amazing things. Let's get them together. Let's get them into the same you know, page and not have people just shit stuff out. Let's make some great stuff. You see it? Uh, yeah, I see that here. I confirm Tom Phillips, EG's report. IDOS is working on Guardians of the Galaxy, Future of Deus Ex's Murky, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's great. I, I already feel like they are um, over... Like, this is actually almost too much now. Mm-hmm. Like, like, this is... I'm not saying, you know, I mean, it's very alarmist to say, but why don't you just let them make one game at a time? Like, I just don't understand. What, what is the rush? Part of the allure of the Batman games, for instance, which WB did so well, which was, was there was time and there wasn't, you know, with the exception of maybe Blackgate or whatever, there wasn't a lot of spinoff, you know, kind of stuff Origins, going on. yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about there. Yeah, I mean, it remains to be seen, of course. We don't know what the schedule is going to look like for this. Obviously, video games take so much time. I don't think necessarily we're going to see them on top of each other, but we will soon know. You imagine what I, I would imagine Telltale Guardians first, Insomniac Spider Man next, uh, and then Avengers since they've announced that now, and then somewhere out there, this rumored one from IDOS for Guardians or whatever. I think there's a lot of time. I don't think it's going to be right on top of each other. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, DC can catch up. I mean, if their movies are any indication, they cannot. <clears throat> it's over. Number two. The long-awaited new Prey game, simply called Prey, has a release date. Bethesda will publish the Arcane Studios-developed RPG on PS4 and elsewhere in time for a May 5th release. The game surrounds protagonist Morgan Yu on board a space station called Talos 1. As many will remember, the since-canceled sequel to the original Prey, Prey 2, was revealed in 2011 under development at Human Head Studios and was eventually canceled in 2014. Human Head Studios was the developer of the original Prey. Um, I saw that game when it was revealed a long time ago, and it no longer exists, but uh, this is the continuation. So this is Did technically Prey 2. Uh, no, I don't want to see it. Okay. Yours in no matter what? Uh, yes. Good. Yeah, Nick and I watched it. It's super sci-fi looking, and it gives me Dead Space vibes, but not to the extent of Dead Space. But it looks interesting. It looks cool. Nick's super ex- excited for it. Yeah, it looks great. There's just certain games, like, I don't want to know anything about Horizon. I don't want to know anything about... There's just certain games. I'm like, Mass Effect, I'm good. Yeah. Number three. Resident Evil 7's first pieces of DLC are far closer than you may have expected. On January 31st, so today, when you're listening to this, the band footage volume pack will come to PlayStation 4, where it will be available exclusively for nearly a month. The DLC pack contains the bedroom where you'll need to figure out how to escape from a locked room, Nightmare, which forces you to fend off enemy waves, and Ethan Must Die, quote, a tough-as-nails mode separate from the tapes and story of the main game, end quote. This latter mode doesn't support PSVR. Band footage volume 2, the second DLC pack, will come to PS4 on February 14th, a week before other platforms, and contains... um, 
uh, let's see. Oh, it contains 21, some sort of deadly gambling game. Daughters, a look at the Baker family before the events of Resident Evil 7. And Jack's 55th birthday, a, quote, race against the clock to feed Jack tons of food, end quote, in a comical expansion. Oh, a comical expansion. This Good. also doesn't support PSVR. Speaking of Resident Evil 7, the game has shipped 2.5 million copies so far, bringing series sales to a fantastic 75 million sold. Resident Evil 5 is still the best-selling Resident Evil game of all time at 7.1 million copies sold, with Resident Evil 6 behind it in second place at 6.6 million units sold. So Resident Evil 7 is trending lower than 5 and 6, and its stock price has taken a, uh, and I'm talking about Capcom's, has taken a beating as a result. The good news, nearly 1 in 10 players of Resident Evil 7 have or are playing the game with VR, according to data from ResidentEvil.net. That's very nice. We have a whole bunch of VR questions for later in Reader Mail. But right now, Resident Evil 1 comes from Bado, Bado, who says, Hey, Colin and Greg. With the Resident Evil franchise bringing out their latest video game installment the same week as their latest blockbuster movie, does this make you nervous that Resident Evil 7 game may have been pushed for this week, whether it's ready or not? Love your show. See Greg at RTX Sydney. S. Batten from Sydney, Australia. No. I don't think so. No, I, I, I don't think. I mean, it's a smart business if that was the case to try to have everybody talking about Resident Evil one way. But these Resident Evil movies appeal to a very different sect. I don't know what the crossover is anymore between people watching these movies and playing uh, about the games. And yeah, the they're, game di- they're very awesome different. I think I saw the, the first movie maybe a, first long one was time, great. a long time ago. Yeah, then they just immediately went in the shitter. I saw that they are going to pass a billion dollars grossed with this particular movie in terms of the whole movie universe. So that's interesting. Yeah. But no, Resident Evil, I mean, 7, the game is awesome and great and stands on its own. And it's one of those, if number one, if it needed this much time to get to this point, to get released, to be this good, great, good on you. If they need, they wanted to get to this point to avoid other games and big releases, good, good on you. It seems like it's selling well. It seems like it's doing well. So It's it selling well. Like it's, not, it's not going to sell as well as 5 and 6, which makes sure. me, not even close probably, which makes it, makes me a little nervous, actually, uh, about if they'll read into the positive critical acclaim or the mm. poor commercial uh, reception, um, which I think is probably more relevant to them. See, I think it's the opposite because <laughs> I think they know what they have. I th- and I th- also think that like this is also uh, both last... Uh, think of the fall coming into this year of AAA games and now into here. We've seen all these different AAA units, these different these franchises selling less than before, right? That would seem to be our uh, new stories coming in and out last time. It just seems that they are, aren't moving as many units as before. And I think that... For a game that t- has been taking it on the chin for so long to where they're like, we have to get back to what works and where we go. I think this is a good move for them, and I think they'll stick with it. Well, I'm just looking at Metacritic uh, right now for Resident Evil 5. Resident Evil 5 is 84. Resident Evil 6's is 74. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil 7's is 85. So if they look at this overall, they increased Metacritic one point and are probably going to sell a couple million units less. And I'm sure that they would make that trade any day in the other direction so just something to keep in mind mm. but don't i think it speaks to i mean i think that this is what we always talk about where you reviews are one thing but then popular opinions another right and i feel like the scuttlebutt around resident evil has never hasn't been this positive in a long time and i'm talking about when the last two installments came out and people were playing them it was like this isn't my resident evil this is my and granted it sells fine but i think there is an argument here to be made that like i don't i don't necessarily think it's not the pacing or the perspective i think that's making this game sell less than the other ones before it i think if anything it's actually the games before it that burned people out in resident evil and made them so that you couldn't trust that brand anymore that franchise sure we'll see we shall number four avalanche software lives again the studio has been brought back to life under the warner brothers punished publishing banner after the studio met its initial demise following the cancellation of its trademark franchise disney infinity little else is known about the reformed studio other than that it's currently toiling away on a cars 3 game 
The studio was founded in 1995 and went belly up in the first half of 2016. It was responsible for more than two dozen middling games, including a slew of Disney games and some outside work on franchises like Mortal Kombat and Rampage. It shouldn't be confused with Avalanche Studios, the studio responsible for the Just Cause franchise Renegade Ops and Mad Max, which is still alive and well. Number five, Overwatch, the massively popular online shooter, has surpassed a staggering 25 million players in just over half a year on the market. Yeah, damn. That's an increase in 5 million players from the 20 million reported back in October of 2016. The game is available on PS4 as well as Xbox One and PC, and it's unclear how the player breakdown goes, though it's safe to assume a lion's share of its audience is on PC. Because they're dorks. Yes. Number six, the Deus Ex franchise is officially on hiatus, according to a report from Eurogamer. Here's what the re- uh, website reports. Quote, Square Enix's shift in focus to its recently announced multi-game Marvel project, combined with underwhelming sales of last year's Mankind Divided, mean the Deus Ex franchise has been placed on hiatus, Eurogamer understands. This, despite Mankind Divided leaving the series with a number of hanging story threads, these plot points were intended to be resolved in a third game, which would also complete the trilogy of the Deus Ex titles begun by predecessor Human Revolution. Much of the remaining story was once intended for Mankind Divided, Eurogamer has heard, until the game grew too large in scope and had to be curtailed. Even with this, Mankind Divided's development took five years. It's unclear if this is un- if this untold story will now be left unresolved or tied up in another medium such as a graphic novel. End quote. Much Damn. like Jericho. Much like Jericho. And number do, seven... Do you oh, think sorry. we ever get the end of this Deus Ex story? Probably not. No, it didn't seem like anyone cared about that game. Agreed. Nick, Nick loved it. But I'm Nick, sure they ate shit on that game. I'm Nick sure. loves the combat and everything else. He never was... I have no, I have no doubt that it was it was good, but... Oh, sure. Uh, but no one cared. Like, I, I just... I, you can just kind of tell anecdotally just being in the industry what, what, what game has buzz like... A game like Neo is probably going to sell way better than than Mankind, like or the, the, uh, than this Deus Ex game, simply because. Uh, how do I know that? Because there's a lot of buzz in hardcore in a hardcore gamer circles, game. and hardcore gamers buy games. Yeah. Number seven, the Banner Saga three has been announced. A Kickstarter is currently help running to help fund the game. If you're interested, the first two Banner Saga games are currently available on PS4, and the first one is apparently still coming to Vita. Uh, I don't understand whatsoever why they're kickstarting their game. Uh, they don't need to, uh, as far as I'm concerned. They Banner Saga one and two sold well, and they seem to have gotten. All, I, don't, I don't really get this move, but nonetheless, free money. An Apocalypse Now video game is being kickstarted with the blessing of Francis Ford Coppola. With the goal of eventually bringing it to PS4 after its PC launch, although it is far off from fund, its funding ask and doesn't seem like it will make it. Third 4 has an official release date and will launch on June 9th on PS4 and elsewhere. A Cell World vs. Sword Art Online will come to PS4 and Vita in the summer of 2017. Yeah. Daniel, Lingen, a, Daniel Lingen, a senior manager for community engagement at EA, recently tweeted out hashtag Skate4. Hey! But why is Skate4 coming? We may find out soon. 3D action game Malicious Fallen is coming to PS4 on February 21st. Dual stick platformer Embers of Miram comes to PS4 this spring. Action RPG The Surge comes to PS4 in May of 2017. Action RPG Portal Knights comes to PS4 on May 2nd. Puzzle Game Semispheres comes to PS4 on February 14th. And finally, Ghost Recon Wildlands Codes Beta on PS4 and other applicable platforms runs from February 3rd through 6th. You can sign up for beta access at ghostrecon.com slash beta. That is ghostrecon.com slash beta if you are interested in that. And that is not an advertisement, by the way. Just feel like repeating it that's good no you see i liked it uh what is an advertisement is that tomorrow if you're listening to this on tuesday over on youtube.com slash kind of funny games our ghost recon wildlands uh multiplayer uh, playthrough what do you want to call it let's play that's what they call these things is going live kevin's been working on it for a week it's taking him forever but it's really funny and it's what we was what we always talk about when we did the turnover here for kind of funny lot or kind of funny year three starting it out is that we wanted to get to those kind of let's plays and obviously we're looking for an editor and doing all these different things but a taste of what's to come hopefully knock on wood you can watch that one it's real funny and it's enjoyable colin you missed one news story Sassachaz wrote in with it. Hey, Greg and Colin. I'm a longtime gamer and now well into fatherhood. My one-year-old daughter being my youngest. 
Every morning, I love to try and get some gaming in before the kids wake up. Parentheses, as they're not allowed to watch me play mature games. This morning, I got a conquest match in Battlefield 1. I was in the middle of skydiving off of Zeppelin after detonating some dynamite when I looked over to see my baby daughter standing there staring at the TV mouth agape. She looked at me, then back at the TV, and said her first complete sentence. If I wanted to know what games were coming to the mom and grop shops, where would I go? Thanks, guys! Sassachaz! We all knew where that was going. You go to the official list of upcoming PlayStation software or PlayStation, whatever, it doesn't matter, by the kind of funny co-founders. wanted this and he got it. He I'm said, P.S., you guys used to do letters like this all the time. One of my favorite parts of the show internally, I always called it the getting grop rolled. Hope it makes a comeback. I'm a little scattered uh, today. Just Yeah, what is going on? I've noticed you're, you're, it's not that you're off your game, but I can tell. Well, I did a lot of work th- this week, like well, especially last night, yesterday. Sure. Um... I'm doing more journalism, journalisming-inging than uh, I have since I was at IGN. So I'm with Colin was right. So it's just, it's exhausting tracking all these people down. Sure. And it's surprising how few PR people want to talk to you when you're not asking them how about how great their game is, but asking them actual real questions. God mm. forbid anyone fucking answers an email. But I'm sure if I, I'm sure if I message them, hey, how great is your game? I'd get an answer in 10 minutes. But when I ask real questions, no, radio silence. Shocking. Corporations, uh, you got to go through the hoops. <clears throat> got to run up the ladder. Here are the games. Your regular PR guy doesn't know. What's going on with this, that, and the other? Abzu comes to PlayStation 4 retail. Dive into a majestic underwater adventure from the artistic mind behind Journey and Flower. Abzu is a beautiful underwater adventure that evokes the dream of diving. Immerse yourself in a vibrant ocean world full of mystery and bursting with color and life. It came out digitally almost a year ago. I didn't think it was very good. Yeah, no, we, we are. We, as super, you said, super. It's a, we already have, we a, already journey. have a journey. We don't need this. We that don't was, need, the, that was my entire journey. feeling from the moments where you'd go in and you're, you're all small swimming next to a giant whale. I'm like, I get it, but... Come on now, it's just a journey underwater. water. It wasn't very, it's not. it wasn't really. Some people loved it, but I, I don't I don't quite get it. Adventure Pop comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. Embark on an epic adventure in this all-new super explosive bubble shooter. Ready your can and aim the bubbles and fire away to burst through Adventure Pop. Can't wait. Dext comes to PlayStation VR Digital. From Ninja, Ninja Theory, creators of Heavenly Sword and DMC Devil May Cry, Ooh. comes Dext. An on-rails VR shooter where dexterity is a must. Target and shoot flurries of enemies with two blasters, one launching ice to destroy fire and the other shooting fire to destroy ice. Journey through beautifully realized worlds and hone your skills in challenge mode before taking on the endless battle of arcade mode. Digimon World Next Order comes to PlayStation 4 digital and retail. There was some confusion that this would also come to Vita. It isn't. Welcome back to the digital world. An all-new adventure and story await. The digital world is in despair. Machine dramans are running rampant and causing utter chaos. You the hate digital world dramas. needs your help. Recruit faithful Digimon companions and meet friends along the way to help you on this epic journey. Divide comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. Divide is a science fiction dungeon crawl. Power up derelict complexes, unlock jammed doors, and delve into long-abandoned computer networks as you dust off the secrets of the mighty Vestige Corporation. Players explore expansive isometric environments and stroll through deep map paintings that bring Divide's world to life. Shout out to uh, Chris Tilton. He is the guy who is in charge of Exploding Tube, the developers behind Divide. He is the uh, ba- uh, the Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games uh, bonus episode that went live this Sunday, uh, the past month. He talks a little bit about Divide, but more about his career. Uh, Divide sounds awesome. I like that it's a, it's more of like, hey, here's a narrative. Here's a story we're telling you, and there's a little bit of combat in there. Regrettably, with all the games coming out, there's just no, not a lot of time to play some of these smaller games anymore for me. But that does sound good. Yeah, this one sounds I'm good. I'm definitely going to play it. Double Dragon Four PlayStation Four Digital out the thirtieth, so this uh, is out today uh, when we're recording this. So this will already have been out by the time you hear this. The next entry in the side-scrolling action game series Double Dragon is finally here. The story picks up after the elimination of the Shadow Warriors in Double Dragon Two, which I'm sure is an event you remember. I fucking can't forget it. Experience all new exhilarating action with the original old school graphics. I love Double Dragon. I hope it's good. 
Uh, Dynasty what was w- that one Double Dragon? We were at IGN that came out. Neon. God fucking awful. Double, yeah, Double Dragon Neon was no good. Not as bad as some people were saying it was, but it was it was bad. Not good. Dynasty Warriors God Seekers comes to PlayStation 4 and Vita Digital. The Three Kingdoms story was never that. The, I'm sorry. The Three Kingdoms story that was never told. A simulation RPG set in the world of the Dynasty Warriors series, starring the youthful Zhao Yun, famous for his loyalty to duty and his sincerity. I'm sure he is famous for his sincerity and depicting alternate stories like that told in Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Geki Yaba Runner comes to PlayStation Vita Digital. Transform your mustached hero into a raging force of destruction or a super speedy gnome to overcome Geki Yaba's toughest obstacles to face the ultimate challenge. Can you overcome every hurdle to save the princess in peril? Geki Yaba seems like a good game. Now for here's a uh, Australia fight. You ready for this one? <laughs> yeah. Hand of Fate Deluxe Edition comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. Remember this game? Deck building comes to life uh-huh. in Hand of Fate, an infinitely replayable series of quests. Earn new cards, build your deck, then try to defeat it. Draw your cards, play your hand, and discover your fate. The Hand of Fate Deluxe Edition includes the original game, plus the Wild Cards DLC and the Murder at Sea update. Ooh, uh, Murder at Sea update I did here was good. Hitman, the complete first season, comes to PlayStation 4 Digital and Retail, featuring all of the Season 1 locations and episodes from the prologue, Paris, Sapienza, Marrakesh, Bangkok, Colorado, and Hokkaido. As Agent 47, you will perform contract hits on powerful, high-profile targets in an intense spy thriller story across a world of assassination. Did Aaron ever get out of Paris? She went to uh, the next one. What is that? Sapienza? No, Marrakesh. No, Sapienza. And to be clear, if you're She's a new listener, with- it wasn't that she couldn't beat Paris. It's that she kept beating Paris over and over and over and over again in different ways because she couldn't get over that. That was how cool that was. Mm-hmm. That's a good story. I like that. She loves that game. Kill the bad guy comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. I'm listening. As part of the secret and mysterious society whose members have sworn to rid the world of bad guys, it's your responsibility to serve justice in the bloodiest possible way. Track the bad guys. Be brutal and smart in your planning and eliminate them one by one. No idea what kind of game it is. Doesn't he, I, do you like bad guys? Do you want to let the bad guys get away with this? Kind of I like I like Cobra. Cobra. Uh, partial to you know some some bad guys. So okay. yeah. Knee deep comes to PlayStation Four Digital. Oh, I had an email in my box, so I thought maybe it was a PR person emailing me back. Nope. When How a many wash have responded to you so far? Uh, three. Okay. One with an answer. One with a we will not comment. One with we are looking into it. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is MIA. Knee Deep comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. When a washed-up actor hangs himself on location, a spotlight is cast on the backwater Florida town of Cypress Knee. Knee Deep is a crime thriller where choices matter as you investigate this mysterious suicide. Use your skills of observation, deduction, and cleverness to pull back the curtain and reveal the true story behind a swampland conspiracy. When you say it all cheery like that, it doesn't sound as like scary and like dark. I mean, it's called the, the, the town is called Cypress Knee. Uh, San Francisco, uh, whatever. Everybody's got dumb names. Don't well, we can trace it back, figure it out. San Francisco, which means Saint Francis. Mm-hmm. Saint Francisco. I gotta look into that. That doesn't sound right. Because Sands means no. No Francisco. Sans pants means that you don't have pants on. Line Light comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. Line Light is an elegant minimalist puzzle game where everything takes place on lines. Its zen-inducing music and visuals simulate the experience of getting an A plus on a super hard test while receiving a back massage. The controls are irreducibly simple. Move. What? fuck does any of that mean finally naruto shippuden ultimate ninja storm 4 road to boruto comes to playstation 4 digital and retail this is out the third and so it is a friday release naruto shippuden ultimate ninja storm 4 road to boruto concludes the ultimate ninja storm series and collects all of the dlc content packs for storm 4 and previously exclusive pre-order bonuses not only will players get the ultimate ninja storm 4 game and 
I'm sorry, not only will players get the ultimate Ninja Storm 4 game and content packs, they will also get an all-new adventure, Road to Boruto, which make which contains many new hours of gameplay focusing on the son of Naruto. I don't know. Just get it over with already. Cares. And that is it for the games. Now, as you know, Colin, mm-hmm. there's been a thread recently on PS I Love You XOXO where we read the drop. What, who's buying these games? What are these fucking games? All these different things. And then last week began my new, th- my new favorite thing of me going to the PlayStation Store and watching the trailers for these games we talk about. I did it again last night. and he, I, I'm not ready to come back to you with findings yet. But what I want you to know is that what it seems to be happening is there are two publishers I noticed last night all over these terrible games. And they're not like normal publishers we're, see, you know, like publishers we're familiar with. There's something, there's something fishy going on over there where I kept watching these trailers for awful ga- what you assume are awful games. Because like most trailers don't even show you gameplay. Like there is one, Joe's Diner, right? You remember Joe's Diner from a while back? Watch the trailer, and it's just narrative over, like, you know, like not screen. Joe's Diner is supposed to be awful, from it, what I heard. It's just narrative over something. It's like, oh, you can go to Joe's Diner. Your only job is to fucking keep the tables clean and keep doing all stuff. I'm like, all right, whatever. So then I went to YouTube and watched a review from somebody who did a Joe's Diner review. And yes, the game is just fucking god awful from what's apparently going on. There's ghosts who, inha- no one's in Joe's Diner, but you work there. There's ghosts in Joe's Diner, and they just don't like things loud. So you have to keep walking out and getting dishes and bringing them back and putting them away. And then sometimes you walk out your little sound meter on your screen that'll show you like, oh, there's a radio on. You got to go turn the radio off. But like the, the reviewer was saying like, there's no 3D sound. So like you'll hear a hair, you'll hear a hand dryer in the bathroom, but you don't know if it's men or women's. It's, it's just like, it's like, it's right next to your head. It's not like that. And there's no, every level has a time limit, but you don't know the time limit until you fail. It's like, what the fuck is, what is this? What is going on? Sounds thrilling. We're gonna get to the bottom. Of Thank God, all these games are published on PlayStation Network. I love when I did. Colin was right about too many games, man. A lot of people were agree, but some some of the responses about in disagreement. Like, what are you talking? Argument is basically to still do. If a person makes a game, they should be able to sell it. And I'm like, okay, I don't agree with you. Not on this network, son. Fucking everything up. These terrible fucking games. Mm-hmm. Remove half these games from the PlayStation Network, and no one will care. No one. You know, it's just I, I, life of Black Tiger. Yeah, we know. Just don't understand why there would be no quality control whatsoever on these on this at all. Who who who? How many how many hundreds of people are gonna play Joe's Diner? A fucking break. It's fifty five million PS fours in the wild. If your game is selling a thousand copies on fifty five million units, I'm gonna tell you it's your game. It's not the PlayStation. It's not us. It's you. All right. Thank you for giving me a soapbox in order to say that today, Greg. Call time for topic of the show. Tots. You got, come on. What's come on? Come on. It's been a very stressful kind of few days for me, man. I know. I'm pulling this column was right right to the wire, dude. I, know, I haven't yeah. even written it. I know. Yeah, you're gonna you're not gonna have a good two days there. No, it together. but yeah. it's gonna be good. I yeah. hope. Yeah. Okay. But it's uh, yeah, it's just it's just one of those things, you know. Okay. Just one of those days. Give me a tots with feeling. Tots. Topic of the show. Tots. tots, tots, tots. There you go. Thank you very much. Uh, this one comes, of course, from kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, where Javier Bonet1027 says, Hey, guys, what do you look for in open world games? It seems like the market is heavily saturated these days with so many open worlds, such as Metal Gear Solid Five, Mad Max, Watch Dogs 2, etc. I have never played an open world before. I tried GTA Five for 10 minutes, stealing cars and driving into a military base, and was so bored. Open world games capture many people's attention, but not mine, and it's probably because I'm picky. 
The game that I'm confident will hit the note for me is Horizon Zero Dawn. Maybe it'll be the game that takes my open world virginity. Is it wrong to be so picky about open world games, especially being a genre that most people enjoy and is so in demand? Thanks for all you do, Javier Bonet. First off, you gotta go play what you wanna play. Don't worry about open world games being in there. But it's interesting. I mean, I like where he started with the question because he gets into what I don't. I for somebody who's not in hooked into games, I wish he would have told us what he's looking for in games. But he says, "What do you look for open world in open world games, Colin?" Life. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think it's wrong to be uh, skeptical of or hard on open world games. A lot of open world games fucking suck. Um, open worlds that are empty and and vapid and vacant. Uh, are very common and they're boring. They, yeah. uh, Ma- Mafia Three is a really good example of this. The game had a great narrative and it's the storytelling is very good. The the character development is very good, but it's just this open, boring ass world making you do the same boring ass things over and over again, and it ruins the entire game, including the narrative. and And it makes you wonder why some of these games even require open worlds. I often reflect back on The Getaway, which was a great PlayStation Two game uh, from Sony London, in which uh, really Team Soho at the time, in which uh, you know. It, it gives you the auspices. It has the auspices of like an open world, but it's not an it open came world. Out hot, came out hot on the heels of GTA, and it looked and f- you thought it was going to be that kind of thing, but it wasn't. And it, it was didn't, and it and didn't, it didn't need, need to be. It, it didn't need to be. It, just it was, brought, awesome. it, it was uh, a really good game and and uh, a well-remembered game. And I'm not saying it's like the great example of this. And I'm not saying also that there aren't great open worlds. I think uh, The Witcher 3 was a vibrant and alive world. Yeah. I, think, um, I think Dying Light and Mad Max had their own interesting open worlds. I think Mad Max specifically is vacancy and deadness was what made the open world interesting because it was eerie. But not every game works like that. So when Mafia 3 sends you back into the bayou 7,000 times to get drugs and you're fucking 8 million miles away from where you need to be and it's just you're just driving for no reason. It's just not fun. Well, that's boring and you have every right to be critical of that. Um, I think some people exchange scope for meaning or depth or texture and I think that those things are more important than scope. So I'd rather have a smaller open world like say uh, an open world that I thought was sex, uh, successfully executed that was actually small was uh, Seattle and in, in infamous second sun. Sure. That wasn't yeah. a big map um, but everything ha- seemed to have meaning and uh, tied together nicely and they didn't make it three times bigger than it had to be just and to they make had it, landmarks and different feels and the districts felt you know unique so you didn't feel like you were running through the same thing over and over and over again yeah that, I mean that's what I always talk about with Watch Dogs 2 this year where Watch Dogs 2 for me was a it was San Francisco which is helpful but the districts felt unique they felt different you you were making for me it's always about making progress in a world and you know he brings up Horizon of course my let's play for Horizon is up right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny games a lot of people asking us to talk about it but not spoil it and not show the gameplay because you want to hear about it so in very general terms and you don't have to worry about spoilers here like that's what you know the four hours of horizon i played why i'm excited for it why i know that's my kind of game was the feeling of progression the feeling of life and the feeling of changing things where you know in the thing i climb up one of the long necks take it over and then the fog of war lifts and suddenly the map populates with more shit to do and there's tons of different things to do now granted it's going to be I'm sure there's going to be you know X number of bandit camps and I'm going to take them down and they're all going to feel similar. But the fact that there's bandit camps and then there's hunting grounds and then there's the story missions and then there's the side missions, like I want it to feel different in change as I play through it. And I want to have enough where I don't, you don't notice you're doing the same thing over and over again. You know you are, but you're doing so many of the same things you're able to pepper it in and do differently, which is one of the things going back to what the division earlier is what drove me away with the division early on, right? Like I beat the division, got to level 30, and then it was going to, oh, I have to run the same missions over and over and over again. Like, well, this no longer feels like the world it did before. Because when you're going through the division, you and I always talk about it. Like 
Manhattan and New York feel awesome as you go through it. And there are people that are scavenging for goods and there's all these different things. But when it is, you know, okay, cool. Well, I either play the same story missions I do or do the same encounters I've been doing over and over again. Defend the supply drop, wait for the JTF, all this jazz. It's like, well, no, this is, I don't want to keep doing that. Whereas now there's so much more content for it. And Horizon seems like a game packed with content. Like I'm wholeheartedly in on Horizon based on what I play. I mean, we've seen it before, obviously. We've given an E3 game the show twice now. But uh, actually sitting down to play it, like that is definitely the world I'm stoked about. And what you're talking about is some of life. In the, in the Let's Play, there's this great thing. I'm on a side quest. I'm running off to go do whatever the fuck I need to do. But as I'm, you know, I stop the Let's Play and bring it back to real time at one point where because I'm running and, oh shit, there's a boar and there's a turkey. Stop. I hunt them. I get them. I collect my stuff. And then I go look at my, all right, cool. If I want to expand my, you know, my, my quiver of arrows, I need this. And like, you have those things where there's always different objectives going that make the world feel your own and you're always making progress even if it is just running from point a to point b there's something along the way for you to do to find to learn let alone the environments going from this you know forest that's you know bathed in sunlight and very beautiful and there's a nice creek going through it or as i go up into the mountains the snow's there it's cold it's frozen there's different animals up there yeah i'm i'm excited about it i i, I think horizon's clearly going to be great um and clearly a big be a very big game as i said some weeks ago on playstation 4 uh it's going to be a huge game and uh, so I'm, I'm excited that it's good. I have I don't really want to know anything else about it personally. I've been avoiding trailers and all of this. I'm good. I'm in. I played it at E3. That's enough for me. But uh, I, I will say, you know, just a few other things about open worlds. I think playing open worlds back to back to back to back can be uh, for some not for this particular gentleman, but for some people can be uh, can be excruciating. And I think that people should avoid to do that, although avoid doing that, although I think it's hard as well, because so many games now stress their open worlds and nonlinearity as as these back of the box kind of things that I think points, that yeah. are not really necessarily pertinent for every kind of game and i wish people would kind of tone that down and rein it in a little bit because i don't think it serves every single game and i think some games that have a little bit of edge of non-linearity um or backtracking like dead space or bioshock are way 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 creepier and way better made than a lot of these games with vast you know thousand mile open worlds which are just fucking sterile and boring and who the hell cares how open they are when there's nothing in them and nothing to do um the other thing that i would say is that uh is you know identify that the, the open worlds that are that are truly great and spend time and immerse yourself in those open worlds and you won't even have any time to play the other shitty open world games and so i think great places to start are with the bethesda games or with uh witcher 3 or uh you know i really do think dying lights you know turkey inspired world is or city is you know really really awesome far cry. um far cry all those games are great and meaningful and meaty um even rise of the tomb raider so i think that for all of the all of these kind of you know shitty little or big open worlds um there are plenty to keep you busy and I, I will say again it's such a shame when an open world when sometimes the story or a lack of a story hurts a game that plays well it's more of a shame when a game has all the promise and trappings of a great game like mafia 3 but then just gets lost and is ruined because of its open world that's the only thing that ruins it but that's a huge fucking piece of content that's ruined that ruins the other an otherwise great game and i feel bad for the people that like worked on the made that narrative and did the writing and the voice acting really a superb you know work and then this just drab fucking garbage open world to explore that ruins all of it makes you not want to play it anymore it's a shame you know people should take hints from tomb raider and the like i think piers jm11 chimes in on this topic of course you went to kind of funny.com slash psq just like you can and says what's up marty and brian i mean greg and Colin. i thought that was a funny one i recently was talking about the fallout series with a co-worker and how much i love the story and lore in the world when i think about the three games i've played three new vegas and four there was just something off about four as opposed to the other two 
Colin, did you ever finish the campaign? Did it just attempt too much and fly too high, or was there something magical about 3 in New Vegas that has worn off as open-world games have become more commonplace and done better? Looking at you, Witcher. Uh, Witcher 3. Uh, what would you guys like in a fifth series, but what went wrong with 4? I mean, you beat it, and so I think you have more to say on it than I sure. do. But I played Fallout 4 for 25 or 30 hours, and there, there's definitely something wrong about it with it. Like, I, I don't I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's the industry. I don't know if it's how far we've come. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's the game itself. I don't know if it's a an amalgamation of all those things. But there is something wrong with Fallout 4, and I don't I can I haven't been able to and cannot put my finger on what it I is. Think, I think wrong is drastic is a way to put it. But there's something off, and I think I platinum Fallout 4, beat Fallout 4, obviously. Uh for me, the thing about it was, stop, just get, go get the new water bottle. We'll wash it out as soon as it's done. Just stop dripping all over yourself, Drippy. <laughs> uh, the thing about Fallout 4 was the fact that what's wrong with it, right, or what's different about it at its core is that it just wasn't that step forward. It was, it, I will never forget that games cast where before we had it and before we had played it and Tim was like, for you guys, what is going to happen with this game and i was like best worst case scenario is it's fallout 3 again and it's that same game and it just look, it looks a little bit prettier it runs a little bit better and does a few things differently best case scenario is it totally re- and it was more it was it was fallout 3 and it was new vegas again and those were great games but we've played them so much and when you're thinking of oh my god they're jumping onto the playstation 4 their or xbox one or whatever they're jumping onto this next gen machine they're making the next gen fallout they've been secretly working on it and here it comes it's going to be great it was great, but it wasn't. It doesn't carry the same weight when you have the same kind of problems and your face is clipping the same way and all these different things. And it just it isn't running well and it's doing all these different things that we thought were in the past. Whereas like Fallout Three, when Fallout Three arrives and become you know, like as soon as it gets there and people start playing it for the first time, they're like, "Holy shit!" Like this is unlike any the Fallout's before it in terms of perspective and style. And that's on console and people are all up in it. You know what I mean? It was so many fir- so many people's first Fallout, and then it was the first Fallout that was like that. That you were like, holy shit, this is awesome. And New Vegas came so quickly and was different. It was it, it it changed. It was done by a different studio, obviously. You always talk about you know the morality system was different. And this, it it felt like okay, cool. In the same way, GTA Three was great, and then Vice City was great, and like they had all these games that you're iterating so quick, you're changing little things. That's fine. I can give you that that much rope, that leeway. When you're talking about a few years, when you're talking about you know going dead silent on Fallout or not dead silent, but you know what I mean, quiet on Fallout from since Fallout Three as Bethesda, and coming here comes Fallout Four. It's this giant announcement. We're doing all these different things. It's coming out right away. People, I think expectations. Not, I don't think it even. I think expectations ran away with people, but I don't think they necessarily. I don't think they're in the wrong. I don't think it's a No Man's Sky thing where everybody's like, well, well, no, hold on. I mean, we were all saying it is still Bethesda. It is still Bethesda. Not that that's bad. That we know it's similar to Telltale. We know what a Bethesda game is. Uh, I feel like just expectations were really high for that one, and it met the bare minimum of it, which again is a great game. But when you're talking about like, oh man, a standout, blah blah blah, like I, I you know, I talk about it all the time that. Fallout 3, there's so many memories and quests and things I talk about, whereas this one, I didn't. And it wasn't, I don't think, because the voice act, because there was voice acting or any of these things. It was just like, okay, cool, this is, we've done this before, I, I know where this is going. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I, I truly believe that Fallout 4 um, suffered from uh, coming too late, and I'm not, I'm not sure that, you know, and I'm not saying too late in the sense that they wanted to or should have released it earlier, I'm just saying that they're, it is not 2008 anymore. Yeah. And, uh, even going back and playing, you know, briefly during one of our streams when I, I booted up Skyrim Special Edition just to take around with it, having not played Skyrim in some years, I'm like, this game 
like, this game's not that good anymore. Like the the the, the I, I appreciate what they were. I appreciate what Skyrim and Fallout Three represented at those times. I think Fallout Three and Fallout New Vegas from Obsidian are, are exceptional games for their time and place, and are really important games. But man, they aged quickly and they aged badly. And so when you're playing uh, a game like Witcher Three in the spring of 2015, right? Yes, and then you are playing Fallout Four in the fall of 2015, and you're like, yikes. Like, now you have this direct comparison, a complete direct comparison, more so to, like, what they're doing with the Elder Scrolls and Fallout in terms of narrative, but in terms of these open worlds, CD Projekt Red, in every single respect, made a better game. And and I can't think of one way in which The Witcher 3 is inferior to Fallout 4. And when you look at games like that, and I'm not saying Witcher 3, I have, you know, as people know, I have massive problems with Witcher 3, but it certainly, certainly held my attention for way longer. Um and I thought it was a very well executed game. It just became too dense for my my gaming OCD. I mean, it's really my problem, but that, so so it is. Uh, so when I when Fallout Four came out and I was excited to play and stuff, and I'm like, man, like this just doesn't feel very good anymore. This doesn't look very good. This doesn't this uncanny valley shit with your characters is off putting. the The environments and the textures are not very good. The the you know I should have I I lived in Boston for a long time I love this kind of American revolutionary kind of shit obviously like everything about this game should speak to me it's similar to Assassin's Creed three where I'm like everything about this game should work but the game just doesn't work and so I gave it my all and I'm just like I just don't really care about what's going on in this world anymore and a lot of it you know we were talking about how certain things can ruin an entire package before when we were talking about open worlds and with Fallout four it's like the open world's great it's expansive there's a lot to do a lot of hidden lore a lot of interesting characters all that kind of stuff's great but I'm like man. We talked even in 2008 about VATS being an excuse for, for not being able to program proper combat. Uh, VATS is an excuse. There are no VATS-like excuses in The Witcher. There are no VATS-like excuses in Dying Light. There are no VATS-like excuses even in, in some other more middling open worlds. I really feel like Fallout, and as we said before, was a game made in a vacuum and a studio that had not adapted to the time and going around it. And that really surprised me, not only because Todd Howard's a super smart guy and Bethesda Game Studios knows what it's doing, but because games in the Bethesda publishing family are all pushing their respective mediums and genres forward. Mm -hmm. And uh, I feel like Bethesda Game Studios proper is stuck in the past. Like I, I and, and I really hope with Elder Scrolls Six that they... Um, when, they really they need to do something drastically different. And I understand that these are the games they make. This is the way their games look. It doesn't have to look like this. And it doesn't have to be made like this. Remember, Fallout 1 and Fallout 2 were not what Fallout 3 and Fallout 4 were. And I'm not saying that Bethesda made those games. What I am saying is that the, 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 it can evolve. It's the similar evolution of GTA to GTA 3 to GTA yeah. 5. You have to do something to change it up a little bit. And I'm not trying to harp on hating on I love Bethesda. But when you look at, God, look at what Machine Games is doing for shooters. Look what it is doing for shooters look what arcane is doing for for third person action and stealth you know look what look what tango is doing for survival horror what exactly is bethesda studios game studios doing for rpgs yeah and that's the thing is again i you're hitting the nail on the head and i mean for any haters out there as i know they tend to come once in a while you're not saying that the graphics or the frame rate or what any of that broke the is what sucks and you wanted to be 1080p I, you're what you're saying is what we were driving at earlier right is that these things took away from the world and took away from the experience and took away from you being lost in it. And that's the whole point is like, if I can't get lost in that world, if I know I'm just playing another fallout, that's fine. And I don't mind playing another fallout. I obviously I loved fallout for it, but it's whenever we talk about that year, whenever we talk about games of the year, when we talk about standout, I'm always going to talk about fallout three versus fallout four. And I'm never going to bring up fallout four. I thought it was cool that I got a pit boy with my collector's edition. I like having that. I liked what I did. I enjoyed the voice acting. I enjoyed the different camera angles, but it was more fallout and that's great. And I'm with you that 
I hope they took it on the chin. Like, all right, cool. Like, obviously, it was too late in the game when they see Witcher, when they see where people are going. They came up for air and like, oh, the industry's changed, and this isn't where we need to be. This is a great game. We're going to put it out. People are going to enjoy it. Awesome. But it's not going to be Fallout 3 again in terms of reception, sales, people talking about they it. Need a, they need a technical overhaul, a massive technical overhaul, because I don't think that the game design's bad. I don't think the writing's bad. And I don't think Fallout 4 is anything less than a good game. Yeah. But again, when I think about what Arcane is doing with Prey, what they did with Dishonored 2, when I think about what Wolfenstein has done with, or uh, what Machine Games has done with Wolfenstein, when I think about what Tango has done with The Evil Within, uh, etc. and so on, these are all way more interesting and way more dynamic, and I would say better in their genres than Fallout 4 is is to its genre. Sure. Elder Scrolls 4, Oblivion specifically, was a massively important game on consoles. Understand that this was the fourth game. This wasn't even the first Elder Scrolls game released on console. But it was a massive game that showed console gamers that they like something that is more PC-centric and showed developers and publishers that people want games like this. That was quaint over a decade ago. But but seeing a game in that same mold today, which is a little bit better graphics and some little accoutrements that make it seem a little bit more modern... A lot was removed from that. I would I would have loved to have seen what CD Projekt would have done with that game, yeah. you know, with that story, with that world. And I'm not trying to shit on on what Bethesda is doing necessarily. All I'm saying is that they they cannot release another game like that, and um, and expect to get away with it in a sense. You know what I mean? I think sure. they kind of got away with one. Yeah. In my in my opinion, and I think we all kind of look the other way because it's like you're Bethesda. We we love and appreciate you. We respect what you do. The talent, the level of narrative and character building and world building you do is immense. Why does it look like this? Why does it run like this? What's with the load times? What's, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. all those kinds of things. And, and you just, it's not like an idea anymore. It's like you have a, di- a direct comparison. It's like, it's like playing Infinite Warfare and then going back and playing the original Medal of Honor on PS1, another massively important shooter on console. Shooters had been proliferating with Quake and, and Hexen and whatever, whatever all these games are that are on PC that people, Wolfenstein, Doom. But it really was Medal of Honor on PS1 as one of the really first games where everyone's like, this works on on console. We have dual sticks and we can do this kind of thing. And uh, But we don't make shooters like Medal of Honor anymore. It was just a, a proving ground, a place in time. Sure. But now shooters are much bigger and much better than they used to be. And we expect the same out of this genre as well. Some genres are, are, are immune to these effects. I think platformers and Metroidvanias and stuff are typically much better when they're made in the old style, but not these kinds of games because they're, it's so competitive and they require so much time. Um, so that was why. I mean, and that's why, you know, that's why everyone has this uh, mis- misconception that I don't like Witcher 3. I don't like CD Projekt Red. I actually really admire what they did because I really do think that that set a massive bar. And I'd say the same thing for, for Dying Light and some other games with just open worlds you might not like the game you might think it's overrated you might think i overrated all that but just think about it in terms of its open world and what it does to push that particular setting forward and then think about you know the commonwealth and fallout 4 and how drab and boring it was sure you know just because it's apocalyptic doesn't mean it has to be fucking boring and i guess that was kind of the thing and eventually i was just like nah, there's just other games i want to play yeah but this was a long time ago i often think about fallout 4 specifically with that bar harbor dlc which sounds really great because it takes place in maine mm which was part of Massachusetts until the Civil War. But see, that'd be interesting to see you start it up because as somebody who platinumed it, when I got that DLC and I tried to jump back in, I was like, wait, which save am I and which character am I? And there's so much time's gone it's by. It's a time. It was the same thing Sam. of jump in and it's like four frames a second. Like the fog is like blocking everything. I'm like, I don't know about this, man. And the, f- the, PlayStation, the PlayStation 4 can do better than this. So yeah. I'll be interested to see how they respond. And my, my hope is that they just go away for until next gen. Mm, wow. 
Uh, final question on this open world topic of the show comes from Sorry We Are. He says, hey, Colin and Greg. So yesterday, you, Greg, played Horizon. How was it? I already talked about that. Do you have any lingering concerns, or can you not wait for the next few weeks to pass so you can jump back in? Thanks, Josh. Uh, again, let's plays up. You can get all the things there. It was fucking awesome. Uh, I can't wait. Lingering concerns? No. I think it's going to be interesting to see how people... Uh, now that we're past the post fallout for a world right where you're like well we gave him the benefit of the doubt and it's making a vacuum uh the let's play brings it up a few times the way you talk to people that it's 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 when you talk when you're having a conversation in a not a cut scene but like a conversation with a side quest or a character in game or whatever it gives off a fallout vibe of like like the, the one in the let's play that's up of this woman who's like talking to you and then like looks down and comes up and she's like thank you so much you're like what the fuck are you about to murder me oh no your character model's just wigging out right now all right cool whatever and it's like are people going to be forgiving of that, or is that going to be a ding that they give it? But I think when you, from the things I played of the world around it, you know what I mean? I think uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to play. It's going to be a lot of fun to invest. It's going to be a lot of fun to platinum. It's going to be a world to get lost in. And I think the more you put into it, the more time you put into it, the more forgiving you'll be of those kind of things. In the, one of the battles I have up, you see me rolling away from the creature, and like I roll into a box, and it's like the awkward trying to get around the crate to get back outside or stuff. Like There's little things like that, the bandit AI and the bandit camp. The game's not like a perfect 10 and going to blow you away. It's on every level and every front. There's going to be video game moments to it. There's going to be action RPG moments to it. The thing I talk about in the let's play. And that I talked about after the fact, right. was the fact that this was way more RPG than I thought it was going to be, which I love, which I'm, I love the combat of it. I love the world of it. And I love the fact that there is more RPG parts of that. But I do think then there's going to be moments where you're like, Ugh. if this was a strict action game and it was just as, you know, more linear path, this wouldn't have happened. And you want to go, who the fuck cares if you're out there having fun, clearing bases, doing whatever. Colin. Yes. It's trophy time. Man, a lot of trophies have gone up. Uh, I, I looked at the tro- I look at psnprofiles.com slash games pretty often, like once a day. Then, because uh, they just, when games are in the server, they pop up and we can see what's going on. Then I didn't look for like a couple days. And last night I went and looked and there's like 15 new games on here. The good ones? Uh, well, there's so, so I, I pulled out four of them that I thought were worth talking about. Uh, first one is Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac Age. Uh, Final Fantasy XII is imminent. Uh, we uh, we don't quite know when, but uh, it's through certification because the trophies are live. Uh, so this one has 26 bronze, 10 silver, 4 gold, and a platinum, and I think I might go for this one. I was talking to Tim nice. that Final Fantasy 12 was the last Final Fantasy game I just didn't hate. You know? <laughs> I, it came out when I was a senior in college. I wrote the strategy guide for it. and uh, Last Final Fantasy game I and, didn't hate. <laughs> and uh, I thought it was... It's a it's a tale of two games, as I've said many times before. You can tell when where, when and where people worked on it. I think, and um, it's trying to be like a pseudo MMO. It's definitely a game of its time. The combat, I think, is very MMO like. Uh, but I think the world's interesting, and and there's interesting things and fun things to do in it. And I I, I don't remember. It's been ten years. Um, I don't remember too much of the ins and outs. I have these little screenshots in my head of what I was doing and how the game played and stuff like sure. that. But I remember that it was a massive step up from ten. And that it doesn't get much worse than 13. So um, <laughs> so I'd like to get back into it. Interesting. Uh, so the trophies seem pretty reasonable. There are a bunch of bronze trophies for attacking 300 times using magics and techniques and uh, all these kinds of things. Taking steps and acquiring gill and clan points and spending gill and, and selling loot. And But then there's some difficult ones. Uh, completing the best area and, and uh, learning all the magic and techniques. Um fully exploring every map which is a pain in the ass i remember that was one of the trophies i was missing in the last east game on vita which was so annoying because you had to go around the maps and light up all the areas of the map whatever and i'm like i have no idea i don't i missed some pixels somewhere so go fuck yourselves there's a bunch of trophies for beating uh some difficult enemies like the trickster the carrot the gilgamesh and stuff like that um there are a bunch of them for marks and then there's a bunch of story driven ones 
um, escaping from Nalby into dungeons and uh, rescuing Princess Namaska and stuff like that. So anyway, Final Fantasy XII's trophies look good. Another game I'm super excited for comes out February 14th, so just in two weeks, is Sniper Elite 4. A perfect Um, Valentine's Day game. 49 bronze, 11 silver, 2 gold, and a platinum. There are a bunch of trophies for completing missions um, and overwatches. And then there are trophies for completing uh, or for getting kills. So with your secondary weapon, your primary weapon, pistols and rifles, etc. And so on, using traps, beating the game on the various difficulty levels. There are objectives, secondary objectives in all the different maps and all the different modes. And you can get uh, trophies for getting some of them and all of them. Why are you excited for this one? Uh, so I, this game was not on my uh, I think we talked about this a little bit post E3 but this game was this series has been floating around I think I have Sniper Elite 3 on my shelf unopened sure uh, and uh, you know I'm a huge shooter fan I love shooters but but uh, you know had never really been familiarized with this game you made an, uh, uh, this game is made by a studio called Rebellion and you um, went ahead and made an appointment for me at E3 and I went and played it and I'm like it, this is this is awesome like, in the chime in because I know how many people are listening to this that our developers our game publishers are in the industry the reason this works and why it's on your radar is because they reached out and it wasn't a p- press release blast it was hey Greg I heard you're planning E3 from so and so this is a game that's a shooter and we really think we have something special and we know Colin from listening to all the shows loves shooters we'd like to see, get it in front of him like, I, it, and they were right it was a great talk, game we talk about or it was great, the demo was great yeah yeah we talk about Shovel Knight all the way being the same way, right? Identifying you as a person that like is going, oh, Jesus, God, to get a new water bottle. <laughs> I'm going to smash the fuck. That's going to be, <laughs> that's my uh, cup to smash like yours. Um, but we talk about Shovel Knight where they identified you, right? And the times people have hit me up and been like, hey, this is a game you're going to really dig. It works when you come to somebody personally and you're like, hey, we've paid attention to your content. We know what you're going to like. We're willing to put our reputation or, you know, on the line to say, this seems like it's going to be for you. Well, they were right in terms of their demo. I mean, it would definitely, you know, I like meticulous slow games. It's the same thing with what you? I assume is that what I assume is their competitor, um, Sniper Ghost Warrior. We just did a paid let's play for that, so I don't know if it's up yet or what, it's when not, it'll well, be. Up. Maybe by the time this goes. Uh, but anyway, so I just people can take it with a grain of salt because we were paid, we were sponsored for this that particular let's play. But it's the same thing where I like I, I'm looking for some more meticulous, slower paced shooters. I, I love not my dooms doom, yeah. and I love my Call of Duties and all that, but I'm still looking for something a little more meticulous that I can really sink my teeth into. So that's one of those things. Uh, I wanted to give this one a shout out, Super shout Gun out. World Two. Ah. Gun World's made by a, a, a hardcore kind of funny fan. And, and I believe uh, one of our fans is in Gun World too, because yes. it was one of our giveaways on one of the streams. Well, I'll get to that, because there's a trophy I, I apologize. in here about it. Uh, ten bronze, nine silver, seven gold, and a platinum. I don't know if the game's good or bad. We don't endorse You don't have to sit in the stand in the corner like a fucking weirdo. It, well, it's like Blair Witch. Yeah, I know. I don't... Watch your... Uh, you're making me nervous in the light. Watch your head. Okay, stop. Is it scaring you? It's, it scares you. It's just, you it's just prolonging the show. I mean, you love Blair Witch. I do love Blair Witch. I remember seeing it very well. I was in North Carolina. I was visiting my sister in the summer of 1999. Now, uh, the interesting thing about this is, so yeah, the guy's a friend. I don't know if the game's good or bad. I actually played the original Gun World a little bit on Xbox One. I thought it was not good. Um, so I don't, and I've talked to him about that. I don't you know, um, know how this is going to be, if it's going to be an improvement or not. Um, nonetheless, like I said, 10 bronze, 9 silver, 7 gold, and a platinum. What I want to point out here is the trophy Team Fat. It's a bronze trophy. It says, find the adventurer who won the kind of funny cameo giveaway. Yay! So we're in there as well. I think you should name one of your trophies Moriarty, but that's no big deal. And the final trophies I want to spotlight are Double Dragon 4s. Five bronze, 21 silver, three gold, and a platinum. So different... different uh, trophies for beating different missions and then getting to the force, presumably of uh, climbing a tower all the way up to the 100th floor and then completing all the missions. There are trophies for completing all the missions using all of the different characters. There's a ton of them. Um, I want to say that there's got to be 20. 
So complete the game. Use complete all missions with Williams, with Rauper, with Linda or Linda M, with uh, Aboda, Abobo, with Right Arm, with Burnoff, with Chin Taime, with Mason, Cody, Jake, etc. So uh, kind of neat. Doable platinum. I love Double Dragon when I was a kid. I loved it. If this game is any good, and I don't know that it is, uh, I'm going all in. Oh yeah, yeah, that's okay. right. Okay, good. Because I got to reconnect with my childhood. Uh, if you guys want to go uh, to PSN profiles and check it out, there's a bunch of other games that have been put up. Uh, Typo Man, Revised, Toy Odyssey, that game Knee Deep, Kill the Bad Guys up here. Um, line Lights up there. So some of the games we talked about. This game, Super Magical, um, is like a snood-like game on Vita and PS4 and PS3. I downloaded it, bought it this weekend. I thought I'd play it to, um, like when I was watching TV. Uh, didn't do it for you. I actually formatted my entire Vita. I was like, I'm so sick of looking at all of these games. I'm like, mm. I'm just deleting all of you. I don't, I don't think I care. Did you upload some saves? I uploaded two saves out of like the 40 games on my yeah. on my thing. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? Why, why do I need any of these games anymore? Uh, I feel, I feel like you know, like I'm, I've been looking at fucking Hotline Miami too for like two years. I'm like, it's just not, not going to happen it's not right now. Happen. It yeah, doesn't yeah. need to be on here. Environments are too big. The I was big, the big thing that I wanted to say was I was playing that game, that Vita game, Exiles End, which sucks. And I have trophies on it. And I'm like, I don't want these trophies. And so I was like, the only way I can do it is to format this. Oh, one. so you never, uh, you never yeah. connected to the internet yeah. to get them. Interesting, interesting. All right. Why did you want the the Gun World trophy? Should have been called Moriarty. I just wanted, a, I just want a trophy that's just called Moriarty. Well, that's fine. But I mean, the Gun World one, like, yes. I, I feel like, no, but it should have been the kid's name, if anything. No, I, I don't, it doesn't have to be related to that trophy. I just don't want there to be a trophy. You want Moriarty. in the future there to be a Moriarty trophy. Well, we always say knob switch was a missed opportunity. There yeah, that trophies. was a big insult. You and me did all this work. That was for a it, really nothing. big insult. I got to be honest. With you, that was a huge insult. Like the game. That's our game. That's our name for a game. Even was there not even Scott Rohde trophy? It's not literally our game. It's your idea. I sure. guess. Well, yeah, okay. Well, you just named. We made up a name. Well, we made, and, you, and you have the nerve not to put any ode to us in there at all. No. I don't think so, sir. Yeah. Also, no offense to that game, but I was looking at, I was just searching through the Vita store and Vita, man, that game's getting beat up compared really? to a lot of other games. Yeah. I got the uh, new issue of, what's that Vita magazine I get? The Vita, For the pa- Vita. Patreon. You know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, Vita, Vita Life, Vita, Vita Lounge. Lounge. The Vita Lounge. I got the new Vita Lounge one. They, they, re- they had a Nop Switch review in there in which they talk about us, of course. Give the history of it here, you know what I mean? Even though the game wants to turn their back on us like a bunch of sons of bitches. Uh, Colin, did you know that for trophy time, we have a new most popular segment? So many people wrote in about the new segment, this trophy can go fuck itself. But lots of fans of this. Jellybelly100 wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, What's up, guys? After last week's edition of Trophy Time, I have another entry for this trophy can go fuck itself. I nominate the Expert of War trophy from Homefront on PS3. After playing the online multiplayer for 25 hours, me and all my friends playing encountered a stat reset bug that reset all the progress towards this trophy, which requires the player to earn every unlock for every gun and kill streak in the game. Being the last trophy that I needed, a gold no less, I was robbed of the platinum. This happened back in 2011, but the gaping hole left in my platinum collection still haunts me to this day. Thanks for this awesome show. That trophy can go fuck itself. Jelly Belly 100. Well, there's a gaping hole in New York City where Chaos Studios used to be too, so, so I guess you're the one who got the last laugh. Gamer on Weekends wrote in and said, My, this trophy can go fuck itself entry is for those very essential kind of trophies that ask you to watch every something, but don't keep track of what you've seen. Uh, it happened with the Navigate Like Drake trophy in Sly 4. The fucking developers wanted me to just hit pause and see the map. But every fucking map? By the end of the game, I had no idea which maps I had seen. So I had to go to every location just to press and pause and leave. And 
You would think that was 2013. De- developers by now should have learned those trophies aren't fun. But no, just finished my second playthrough of the new Ratchet and Clank. Waiting to platinum, the- wanting to platinum the game, I went to see which trophies I missed, and surprise, surprise, another one of these fuckers. The Death by Disco trophy. Use the Groovatron in every type of enemy. Well, fuck you. I probably missed like one guy, and I'm not going to go do a new playthrough just to find out which. So fuck you, trophy. So in conclusion, yeah. fuck Sanzaro and fuck Insomniac. It's That's fun. too far, but okay. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Dial that one back a little bit, gamer, on the weekend. I uh, I hear you. I hundred uh, percent. One one that stood out to me that I was so lucky that I was just as meticulous as I was was the order eighteen eighty six. This th- was this is hand of God though, where you came into my room right and you're mm-hmm. like I'm missing one fucking thing. And you're like wait, and I went over and I was going over to get one. And you're like I didn't. Oh, that's it. That's the one. And you went back and got it. And I was like, well, games course. that do not track collectibles or do not track these kinds of things are are. are just miserable. This I, hate, I thing, hate that shit. This was the thing with the division over the weekend of a hundred times using my signature move, but there's nowhere keeping track of how many times you've done that. And so, yeah, I was like, maybe I'm 10 away. Maybe I'm 90 away. I'm just sitting there doing it over. It's like, come on. This is what we're talking about with the trophy consultant business. It's just not that hard. And of course, it's Xbox just not that hard. It. Come on. Yeah, Xbox tracks it in the achievements, which is good that they force people to do that. Which means that for cross-platform games, that thought has already gone into the, yeah. the to the. Com- and that's just tracking numbers, to be fair, because it wouldn't be like it wouldn't tell you which Groovatron guys you've gotten. It would say you know of twenty. Right, but but I'm the saying- point is, is that still well, not from Ratchet because that's a PS4 exclusive, but that's still in the metadata in a sense for how they're constructing these trophy and achievement lists. So you think that they would just parlay that over? Yeah, but you'd think wrong, I guess. And then the other thing, of course, recently we did the people started writing in wanting shoutouts, pats in the back. Uh, a lot of people have a problem with that, too, it turns out. Here's Ryan. Ryan wrote in and said, Hey, guys, may I go into full heel wrestling mode for trophy time? Will you allow that call? Yes, I'll allow it. Thank you. Hold up a goddamn second. Do we have people bragging in here, PSI love you XOXO, about putting 80-something or 100-something hours into a platinum trophy? That's cool, I Fuck guess. Out. But I didn't realize all your listeners were from Babyville. I sunk 300 hours into Metal Gear Solid Five to get the platinum. Somebody fight me. Hey, remember when Greg was going to platinum Metal Gear Solid Five? Ah, good times, Ryan. Back out. Back out, Ryan. Just tore him a new one out of the blue. Somebody get the damn cops out of here. Where are the paramedics? Let's keep going with the reader mail now. All right. See what the readers have to say, who are actually listeners, but whatever. Thanks, as always, to Jericho over on the Kind of Funny forums. That's kindoffunny.com slash PSQ for combi- compiling all the questions for me. Colin, it's time for Collie Collie Picks. What could picks. you possibly want? Yes. You can t- you get, get Neo. You can yes. get... Oh, okay. Outlaw Reaver says, and again, I'm going to read it the way he wrote it. Outlaw Reaver says, Hey, Colin and Greg, got a question for you guys. Do you think that Sony is banking on the game Neo to sell as well as Bloodborne? If so, could Team Ninja have a massive hit on their hands as well as the confidence and fan base to support to continue the Ninja Gaiden franchise, whether it be a reboot or a numbered sequel? Thanks. Outlaw Reaver! I must express something that we were talking about last week with Neo. That somehow along the way, quietly, very I quietly. missed somehow. We both missed that Tecmo Koei no longer publishing this game. I had no idea that Sony picked this. I I would know this. I don't know. Remember what I remember ever talking about. It. I remember ever seeing a news story about it. Yeah. But we reached out. I was like, oh, Neo comes out soon. Let's reach out to Tecmo and get the game. So you did that, and then we're like, oh, and Sony's publishing. And I'm like, like, sorry, we're not publishing this game anymore. In November, PlayStation took it over. I was like, what? I'm like, I don't remember that ever happening, but I believe you. So then we we reached out to Sony and and, and such, but. Uh, I think that no, there's no way it's gonna be as big as Bloodborne. I don't think there's even any way it's gonna be as good as Bloodborne. But uh, this is the kind of game that thrives on Sony platforms, and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. this mixture of Dark Souls, Animusha, whatever the hell they're doing, really much more Dark Souls than anything. 
I think will really appeal to the fan base that's here. That was really cultivated in the beginning with Demon Souls a long time ago. And uh, so I think, first of all, Sony clearly has a head on their hands. The one it's question to do Bloodborne numbers. No. The one question I have here, and I'm saying a hit, and I don't know if it's going to be a critical hit, but I think it might be. But a commercial, I think it's going to do very well commercially. Uh, my one concern from just the business optics of it, the optics of is the why would Tecmo Koei release it? In other words, Team Ninja closely associated with Tecmo Koei. Were they not seeing good numbers? Were they offered a lot of money to just remove themselves? The game was already a PlayStation exclusive. So I'm a little confused about that particular aspect where there's something strange about that to me. Whether so or not Demon Souls. Whether or not it's something we'll publish it here. It's weird. Like I think it's strange. Um but uh, th- that aside, I mean, you're hearing almost nothing but positivity about the game. And I think it was very bold of Team Ninja to uh, put out multiple alphas, um, basically letting people just play the game over and over again, um, which I think and I've criticized in the past for other games. But for this kind of game, I think is really interesting uh, because of the nature of what the game is. Mm-hmm. And I think would engender it has engendered so much more support. This game would have been farted out into the wind if it wasn't for those particular alphas and the access that pe- the general people had not only press, but but everyone had to the game. It's, it's caused a lot of buzz. People are talking about this game. Um, so I just want to say that I had no idea that that yeah, yeah, I, I had no clue and I, I, I don't I don't quite understand why that is I'm sure I could Google it and find Google out in one minute but I'm just not going to do that Colin mm-hmm. I got a VR rabbit hole for us to stumble down the first one comes from one peg you can lean back it's a novel but he's very positive about it he's respectful you know what I mean hey Greg and Colin Sorry to be the dead horse here, but your PSVR conversation struck a chord with me last week. I apologize in advance if this sounds like I'm attacking you. I'm not. I'm simply trying to offer a different view. Do you think that there is a double standard when it comes to content on Sony and Nintendo consoles slash peripherals? For example, Shoe heralded that PSVR is essentially launching a new console again. While my expectations were in check, this led me to believe he meant we would see great but sparse first-party titles appearing to hardcore fans alongside compelling indie titles. Launch consisted mostly of small indie experiences, which was entirely fine. I had fun with these, and dropped around $150 to support the amazing technology and show developers that VR has a market. I was eagerly looking forward to PSX, where Sony can talk directly to their fan base about things normally left off the E3 stage. Yet PSVR was nowhere to be found in any meaningful capacity. It felt like an unwanted nuisance to Sony, and had no true showtime. It seems like we have yet another year of small indie experiences, with no full games aside from RE7. This, to me, doesn't feel like the launch of a console. It feels like the launch of a peripheral being quickly forgotten. In PS1's first North American year, we got Mortal Kombat 3, Rayman, Tekken, Doom, Wipeout, Resident Evil, Crash Bandicoot, and more. We all look... We all look on and simply nod our heads, accepting that this was PSVR's fate all along. Essentially, no first-party lineup announced as of yet, no killer apps yet, and a plethora of short, small experiences. While I'm happy that we've gotten so far, I want PS... I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I want VR to expand in new areas in the future, which can't happen if we get just short, small experiences. I believe in the tech, but not Sony. Yet... The Switch is now deemed a failure before launch, despite its solid first-party support throughout 2017. 
I know it's unfair to compare VR to a full console, and that Nintendo needs to do a better job with third parties, but Sony itself called VR a console in its own right, yet it's refusing to back it up with first-party content. Nintendo already seems to care more about Switch than Sony does about VR, which honestly is making me more excited for Switch titles than PSVR titles in 2017. A console can't fully succeed with only first-party content, as we've seen with the Wii U. However, it it also can't succeed with only third-party content, as evidenced by the PlayStation Vita. Thanks, boys. One peg. Um, I don't know. I mean, to me, PSVR does feel like a console launch. I mean, I, I PS1's launch was fine. I mean, Battle Arena, Toshinden, and all this kind of stuff. But I mean, the, the but yeah, the first year was strong. PS2's first year was bad. Um, I think just totally not good until oh, Animusha um, was really the first game of any weight that came to ps2 um and thank you for not saying bouncer i mean i liked the bouncer but it was not it wasn't you know i liked a lot of things when i had a ps2 with no games to play uh fan division and all this so uh and i mean just there's just so much garbage on ps2 in the first year uh i don't um disagree but i also don't agree i just think yeah it feels like both uh, to me, it feels like an early, it feels like a console launch. It also feels like uh, it's let, they're letting it die. But I just don't believe that that's the case, um, based on the way they were talking about. It. I don't think this is move. I don't think this is any of those kinds of things. PSTV or whatever. So I think I think it is a double standard. But I do think there's it's not black and white. It is apples and oranges. Students. It is a double standard because they're saying it's a console launch. Who's saying it's like launching it? But it's not. It is a peripheral. It 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 does re- it does require the most successful console on the market right now, which is their focus, the PlayStation Four. And so, yeah, we still are in this weird thing of like, all right, cool. What is the future of PlayStation VR, and where is the next big thing, and what do we do with that? Um, but I think the fact that again, there's a PlayStation VR game coming out this week. Like, it's not like PlayStation VR games aren't there. And we have a couple more questions that talk about this and examine it a bit more. So let's. I'm gonna bring it into the conversation. I'm bringing in high five music. High Five says, Hey guys, regarding Resident Evil VR, you two, as well as Dan Reichert and his giant bomb review, said that while VR mode was cool, you wanted to relax and play traditionally. We finally get a AAA VR experience, and some of the people most excited for VR opt not to play it that way. We dismiss many, we disp- we dismiss many, many VR experiences, but then don't play a full game either. Is there a middle ground they're missing? Perhaps a way of playing with traditional twin stick camera movement, but just have a screen in your face mode. Uh, that way you can relax and still have the pseudo immersion or is the head movement in VR what makes the experience thanks high five music I mean I wanted to play Resident Evil in VR I mean this was this is this is what I'm talking about with the like you can't fucking win and you can't please anyone uh, situation especially with this show like we got the game early I was watching my girlfriend's dog at her at her house uh, for several days yeah. at a time, in a row so my mom and my, my first instinct was like I'll just wait and play it when I go home next week on VR, and in the meantime, I'll play something else. And then I'm like, oh, but we're having a conversation, and people are gonna get mad at me if I don't play it. Um, so then I played it on there uh, normally to, in order to get that review. And then everyone's like, well, you wanted to play it on VR, and you didn't. And it's like, well, I can't fucking win. So well, for high five music, that's not where he's coming at from. <laughs> he's speaking specifically to me, who did play four and a half hours of VR, and then came home that day and was like, I want a traditional experience. I think. Well, this- no, he said some of the biggest advocates of the VR of, the, of playing well, the VR I- ended up not doing it, which I think is me. Because I was the one who said I wanted well, to play the whole thing. In well, he's including you, me, and Dan in the same thing. So there's multiple advocates in there. And I guess Dan's review, which I have not read, echoes what I said is all. I don't think it's him coming down hard on you. Uh, the, I don't the, – I don't. I think he says, though, is there a middle ground they're missing? Perhaps a way to – I think the middle ground is this, is the fact that 
again, VR is a new way to play. It is a new way to learn. It's I know it sounds stupid, but we've been playing games a certain way for a long, long time, and that's what gaming is. And so as cool as the VR was and as great as an experience it was, I missed playing the way I wanted to play it. And seeing as how I can play it that way, I can't play it in the couch or I can't play it on VR, I went over and did it that way. In the same respect, I mean, Res is a game I've played before. Now that it's in VR, I want to play it that way. But that's meant that Res has just sat on my PlayStation 4 for a while because I need to be in that headspace and that thing. And I think that's the point that we're coming to. The middle ground is what we're at right now where we have to start relearning to play games and having that desire to play them that way until it becomes second nature, until those training wheels come off and that's what we're doing. There's just not enough time for me to play everything I want to play. So the you know, and I'm I'm letting lots of games go because of the nature of my life. Like I just there's other things I want to do other than play games. So, um, so it's VR has just become very supplementary. Um, I think Resident Evil Seven would have been a, a great way for me to have played it again had I been in an environment in which that would have been conducive to do that. But I wasn't. So uh, and we're always going to fall back on what's easiest. And as I said, I think a week or two ago on the show, I really did. Um, in the lead up to VR and even having VR kind of uh, preliminarily did not pay credence or did not think about this fa- the simple fact that um, old habits die hard and that yeah. there's going to be this 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 dr- inevitable gravitational draw to playing games the way they used to just because it's easier and I'm, and we're all at the end of the day when we're just playing games and looking at racks we're all profoundly lazy I want the quickest possible route to playing games as easily as possible which is why I don't play PC games for instance why I don't get, think that that's a worthwhile ecosystem whatsoever for a person like me so that kind of goes hand in hand with this. Uh, and then rounding out these VR questions, Odd Dino responds, <laughs> Hey, Grellin. I've just finished playing through Resident Evil 7 using only PlayStation VR. Honestly, it's one of the best experiences I've ever had with a game. Having Resident Evil finished, I am now all more eager to play long games in VR. Uh, I enjoy all the smaller games and tech demos, but I'm ready for big experiences. Not necessarily AAA, but a game I can get more invested in than a fun arcade game or something like Batman. The next game that seems like it could satisfy me for that is Farpoint. I got to play the demo before VR was out and thought it was incredible. But I barely hear anybody talking about it, and the developers are being pretty silent about the whole thing. What do you guys think? Have you had a chance to play Farpoint? Are you as eager as I am? Farpoint looks awesome. Yeah. I've only seen it. I haven't played it. I, we, won't, I haven't played it either. When we were I, at PSX, we were running around doing the show, doing a couple I also things. won't play PSVR anymore in, 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 in public places. Uh, sure. Because I'm not putting those things on my you face. You want your eye uh, But uh, yeah, Farpoint looks great and uh, is the kind of experience I think will be quite, again, gravitational for me to get back into PSVR. Good, good VR shooter. I hope that when that comes up, though, that they put... And I don't know. They or the developers or who? Sony. Somebody's putting thought into promoting it because that did the thing where like when when robinson first was like announced we were all like oh that looks really cool and then it was like one tuesday oh here it is like oh what the fuck like i didn't realize it was coming out now and there's a million other things coming out right now and it's another game that i want to play sitting on my machine there waiting for me to do something with it colin final question it can be playstation plus related it can be classic games with trophy support it can be dragon quest or it can be last of us dragon quest obviously Bazuzu writes into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, Hey, Greg and Colin. Hello. Hey, what? He said, please wait for Colin to respond, but promptly interrupt him when he does. Is there any hope for a Dragon Quest fan like me to see Dragon Quest VIII come to the PlayStation 4? It would be awesome to really play this game with trophies. I know an updated version just came out for the 3DS, and I have no idea how game licensing works. Will I have to play this gem on the 3DS, or should I wait and hope? You can wait if you want, but I don't know that it's anything that's going to bear any fruit. Square Enix is kind of strange in the fact that they 
they're one of the few companies that publishers that really are, are in bed with Nintendo and PlayStation almost equivalently. Um, so Nintendo seems to be getting the better stuff out of them, and uh, which is fine. Uh, Dragon Quest VIII is a beloved PS2 role playing game. So if you wanna if you wanna play it, I, w- I would probably just go to 3DS. I don't anticipate that they're gonna release it as a PS2 classic, although that's possible. Um, but I don't know that it's in the cards necessarily. It seems like Dragon Quest specifically will get the new Dragon Quest games on PlayStation 4 with Dragon Quest Heroes 2 and with Dragon Quest 11. But I do not anticipate that we will get new games uh, or the old games made new again like they're yeah. getting on 3DS, for instance. And remember that the Dragon Quest games go back to, uh, you know, God, they released 4, 5, and 6 on, on uh, DS years ago as well. So they've that that's more where they're kind of funneling games right now. Okay. I think. Colin. Are you ready to meet your new best friend? Yes. This segment is P.S. I love this best friend, XOXO. This is where one of you goes to kindoffunny.com slash forum, goes to the P.S. I love you board, and posts your PSN name so we can read it here. You can get awesome friend requests and messages of support. This one might be spam. It comes from BJ. BJ writes, Lady M, I real beauty of a right, dear friend. Love this one of yours, too. G-L-Y-A-S-D-I. Hugs, love, blessings, BJ. So I think the PSN name's G L Y A S D I, or it's spam. Sorry, I tuned out. So everybody, figure out if G L Y A S D I is a real name. For a real reader mail, let's check in with Gator Eliminator for this week's Forgotten PlayStation game. Greetings, Grawlin Milliardi. And then he tries to say Tim and Nick's name together. I'm not going to do that. Here is the situation. My new and wonderful wife made authentic New Mexico green chili for dinner. And what I can only assume are peppers grown on the fourth floor of hell. So there I sat on my porcelain throne, body temperature through the roof, taste, taste buds emulsified, angel soft three ply on the ready, and the air raid klaxons blaring because ordinance this hot hadn't been dropped since the firebombing of Dresden. Needless to say, this wasn't the scenario I envisioned to remind me of a forgotten PlayStation game, but when inspiration strikes, it must be listened to. Also, with a new poop-friendly theme to the show, it feels appropriate. Let me take you back to the before times, the long ago of 2007, when Rihanna was under her umbrella and MIMS was desperate to explain just exactly why he's hot. Mims. Don't remember that one. This is why I'm hot. This is why I'm hot. This is why, this is why, this is why I'm hot. Why was he hot? I'm hot because I'm fly. You ain't because you're not. This is why, this is why, this is why I'm hot. And a little game called Chili Con Carnage for the PSP. Its gameplay is ridiculously fun. The writing is hilarious and you get to kill more drug dealers than an entire season of The Wire in one sitting. Seriously, if leaving a bloody swath of bodies from a double Uzi armed bullet tornado is wrong, then I don't want to be right. Some schmuck named Chris Roper gave it a 7.7 because of those dodgy PSP controls, but it was clearly an 8.5 or a 9. Because of this horrible miscalculation, I bet no one would ever immortalize this game in a report. Do you guys remember this hidden gem? If so, what did you think? Gator Eliminator. I I was there uh, right around this when this was happening, obviously 2007. I remember it being a thing. I never played it. I never played it either. I remember the name. Roper played it, then we gave it a 7.7, so it's good. (sighs) Almost great. And I stand with Roper as he reports. Colin? Yes. Time for you, the PSN's worst name of the week. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, Shuhei Yoshida hates you. And he won't let you change your PlayStation Network name no matter how many years and PSXs go by. So you go to kindoffunny.com slash forum. You put up your bad PSN name and you beg Shuhei to let you one day change your name. This one comes from Dinner. 
That's how it spells. Dinner. That's not the name. Dinner. It's his forum name, not his PSN name. You see me? Mm-hmm. Hey, CNG. My PSN name is not at a glance a candidate for worst PlayStation Network name of the week. However, it comes with a story that gives me a compelling reason to want the ability to change my name. So let me paint the picture. The year is 2010. The game, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. The PSN name, Captain Curly. That's CPT Curly. That's Captain, right? Not Corporal. Mm -hmm. Captain Curly. So here I am, a 19-year-old Australian boy in my room shooting everything I see when I hear the familiar jingle of an incoming PSN message. I didn't recognize the username, and I'm not used to getting the odd random message, so I open it. The message simply says, are you a girl? I, of course, reply, yep, you. What followed would leave me forever scarred. Upon asking ASL, to which I replied 15 and female because I wanted to know where this was going, <laughs> this random individual asked, asked me for a picture. Panicking, as you can see, I'm actually an older gentleman, I say you first. He doesn't reply right away. Did I scare him off? Is he preparing a cute outfit? Minutes pass oh, until no. the jingle comes through again. I open the m- message, and the sight I see makes me recoil in horror. It's a trouser snake, a vagina miner. <laughs> yup, the dude sent me a dick pic. I immediately report him, but I live in constant fear that he will find my PSN again and haunt my dreams with blurry images of his tiny Tim. Please, Shuhei, let me change my name. I don't want to see that dick again. Dinner. All right. Colin. That's dark. Yeah. If you're in love with somebody or hitting it off with a 15-year-old female, you shouldn't send a dick pic, right? Uh, No, you shouldn't do that. You know what you should send? Pro Flowers, the sponsor of PSI Love You XOXO this week. Aren't you tired of guessing what she wants for Valentine's Day? Wouldn't you love an easy, fail-proof way to make yourself look like a pro? This year, Pro Flowers is making it easier than ever by taking all the guesswork out. On top of their already low prices, right now you can get two dozen assorted roses with free glass vase, a free glass vase, for $29.99 plus shipping and handling. Or upgrade! And for $9.99 more, you can get two dozen long stem assorted roses with premium vase and chocolate. It should be a premium vase, guys. Just go to proflowers.com and use the code XOXO. Help support our show by supporting our sponsor. Use the code XOXO at proflowers.com. Pick your flowers and then check out in two minutes. Two minutes, Colin. Seems like a long time. Well, it's because you got to pick the flowers. Oh, okay. What do you want? You know, you don't yeah, want to yeah. yeah. So don't wait. Order today. The deal expires soon. Two dozen assorted roses. 30 bucks. Pro flowers. XO. That was a great Greg way, though, right? Give me that much. That was pretty good. Thanks, buddy. It was pretty good. If you didn't know, this has been PSI Love You XOXO. It is kind of funny.com's PlayStation podcast. It is the number one PlayStation podcast in the world because of your support. And it posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, rain or shine, on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and podcast services around the globe. Please listen to everything and rate it and share it and send it to your mom and say, look at these idiots. They talked about a dick pic to a 15-year-old and made it into an ad because they're fucking dope. Every episode of PSI Love You XOXO ends in a song and a segment we call Singing to Shuhei. This is where one of you talented motherfuckers heads over to kindoffunny.com slash PSM. You give me an MP3 that I put at the end of our MP3. I give me a YouTube link that will annotate from our YouTube. We play music and everybody has fun and makes friends and changes their life. Right, Colin? I think they just listen to music and then go about their day. Incorrect! Friend of the show. A submitter. To every one of the songs we've ever done, in the, whether it be Beyond or here, multiple times, Chris from Life in 24 Frames has written in with a new song, and he says, you guys are the best, and he's talking about you, the community. So over the last six months, a lot has happened with Life in 24 Frames and the future of our new record, Control Plus Z. You may remember, last year we released a couple of songs ourselves, November and April. These two songs generated some interest from labels, thanks to you guys and the amazing community. So... 
We are happy to finally announce we have signed with a brand new label called Gold Standard Records. This is incredibly exciting for us, not just for the obvious reasons, but this label is distributed via Sony. The label made the official signing announcement last Friday with the release of our official single titled January, parentheses, My Condition. For those of you unfamiliar with the new Life in in Frames 24 Life in 24 Frames, new album. It is a concept album. It will have 12 tracks, January through December, that chronicle personal ba- chronicle a personal battle through a very tough year, coping with life-changing anxiety, loss, childbirth, and perseverance. Reflecting on our very personal experience we had in our lives in writing and recording this album, I understood how incredibly isolating, alienating, and lonely these things could make me feel. For me, at the time, no one could possibly understand what I was experiencing. Our hopes is that, just like the music, we were listening to during those times helped us, someone will hear this and relate. Maybe even feel not so isolated, alienated, or alone. I learned there is always someone out there who understands. You are not alone. The song you will hear in the audio version of P.S. I Love You XOXO is actually both January and February from the record, to give everyone an idea of how the album flows together as one big experience. For those watching the video version, the YouTube links to January, My Condition. Now here's where it's important, ladies and gentlemen, because you already made Chris's dreams come true, but we need his help. This YouTube link is on the, the label's official YouTube channel. So if you like the song, please give it a thumbs up, leave a comment, and let them know where you heard us. And then he puts kind of. Uh, this single release also kicks off pre-orders for Control Plus Z, which we are happy to announce releases on March 10th. It can be pre-ordered on iTunes as well as Google Play and Amazon. You can also support us and the new label by heading over to Facebook and liking us and Gold Standard Records. I digress. We can honestly say, we can honestly say, We don't know if we would be where we are without the years of support from you guys in this goddamn amazing community. Going all the way back to 2012 when Ryan Clements first played us on Beyond, words can't express how much we value not only the friendship we have with you guys, but the entire community. P.S. We love all of you guys. XOXO. Congratulations. Mm, Definitely. Life in 24 frames. I can't say the name ever for some reason because I'm stupid. I'm an idiot. Fucking Clements. I hate, hate him. Ladies and gentlemen. This is Life in 24 Frames with a whole bunch of cool music. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. If I should have-